Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast, a radio show coming to you on this Tuesday here, December the 1st, 2020. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. It's already December. Man, it seems like this has been the longest, slowest, fastest, quickest year of all time, if that makes sense. Sometimes it feels like it is going super quickly, and sometimes it feels like nothing is changing whatsoever, yet it is all changing very quickly. You guys get where I'm going with that. Uh, Hopefully, you guys are having an amazing day so far. We're going to jump into an episode here from my homies over at Precision Nutrition. Uh, James Heathers, uh, PhD, put this piece together. It's uh, five significant reasons to lose weight and probably reasons that, you know, the media in the normal world is not spoon feeding you every single day. And obviously we know the basics of, of heart attacks or to fit into your skinny jeans or to look sexy, you know, for your girl's trip or whatever it may be. Um, but we're going to talk a handful of other ways and reasons more so why weight loss is as important as it's ever been in the history of time. But before I jump into today's podcast, this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. Pass me the green, everybody. Again, you guys, you know it's the one supplement I take every single day. I'm beating a dead horse here, but I believe in it. Uh, If you're talking about building a stronger immune system, if you struggle to eat green veggies every single day, uh, if you're looking for something that covers basically all the gaps in your eating and getting all the micronutrients in, this is the thing I would take. It's the best tasting greens out there by far. There's no GMOs, no herbicides, no pesticides, no artificial flavors or sweeteners or preservatives, and There's no gluten, no dairy, no corn, no eggs, no peanuts, no animal byproducts, no lactose, no sucrose, no dectrose. Basically, it's just a badass version of greens. And if you take a multivitamin, you can throw that shit away and you can take this. This is like that on steroids. Uh, If you're interested, I can hook you guys up with 20 free travel packs always and forever or at least until we switch the promos. So I know it's still running right now. So if you're listening... Hit me up. You can get a link for 24 Travel Packs. It's basically like getting a month for free. It's like getting a free $100. So pretty badass. Um, if you're really on the fence, I'll do this until the end of the year probably. Monaco will send you a pack right to your front door. You can try it. Nobody else is doing that shit. There is nobody else who's doing podcasts. A person like me, whether they have a, a smaller podcast than me or even if they have a bigger one, they are not sending it right to your front door. We are doing that right from this studio office that I'm recording in, we will ship it to you. So you can try it 100% for free, then pick up the 20 for travel packs after you try and say, well, Jeremy, you're right. It doesn't suck. You're not full of shit. So I can hook you guys up with that uh, if you are interested. And also, this podcast brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD. It's the CBD I take every single night. There's no THC in it, so it won't make you high. Sorry, you got to go to your friend's house for that. But You can take the same CBD I take. There's melatonin in it and the theanine, especially in the dream product. I do find it helps me stay asleep and get restful sleep. It's the best I've felt in years. Uh, They do also say it's great for inflammation, which I'm also a fan of, and for anxiety, which I don't really get. But we give it to our dog with anxiety, and it seems to help my dog not go crazy. Um, So I'm going to hook you guys up with 20% off always everything on the Beam site. 
again, those guys are super cool. We've had them on the podcast. Uh, they don't put out bullshit. They work with, you know, some of the best and brightest in Boston, the fire department, uh, the police department, the Boston Bruins. So they really care what they're putting into their CBD products, which not everybody can say that. If you are interested, I will have Monica send you a dream packet for free. So you can try the dream product that I take every night and go to sleep again, hundred percent for free. Who else is doing that? Nobody, but we're crazy here and it's 2020 and we're literally just making up shit as we go. So if I can give away a bunch of free stuff, I'm happy to do it. I actually have a ton of product here um, from a lot of the people that sponsor us that I'm going to be doing some awesome video giveaways on Instagram. So be on the lookout for that like the second probably week of December here all the way through the end of the year just because this year has sucked, man. And I want to give away a bunch of free stuff to people and help people uh, be healthier and uh, if I can save you a couple bucks whether it's through free stuff or super huge discounts I'm happy to do it because because uh, why not man because it's uh, I feel better giving stuff uh, than getting stuff I'm not really a huge gift getting person I don't really give a shit I got money I can buy anything I want um, but I do feel good when give stuff away so that's what I got going on today but I wanted to pop in quickly on a Tuesday, and it is 1.50 right now. This is the earliest I've done a podcast on a weekday in a long time because my schedule has been so ridiculously um, awesome slash terrible at the same time. But uh, I got a little bit of energy. I actually just did a leg workout. That was terrible. But this was on my list, and I thought I would share it just for the sake of everything that's going on in the world in terms of like we're talking about a virus all the time and like people not being, you know, healthy and people getting sick and all these things. And so if we've learned anything from this season of life, whether it be this virus or basically every other thing in the world, um, being overweight is not a good look, man. And I don't mean that like in a visual sense. I mean, like in a health standpoint, like being overweight is not healthy. And obviously, you know, before I even jump into like the point of the podcast, like the five things we're going to touch on, avoiding heart disease is probably the most important. Like if we know in America, I've talked about this before, heart disease is the number one killer of people and it's not even close. Like it's by far the number one. I can actually, I'll probably Google it actually as I'm right here right now. Like what disease uh, kills the most people? I already know it's heart disease. But when you look at it, in terms of heart disease killing over 400,000 people per year, that's insane. So I'm going to share this because this is a huge uh, talking point for me. Heart disease in the United States. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for men and women and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States from cardiovascular disease. About 655,000 Americans die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four adults. Holy shit. That's way more than I thought. Heart disease costs the United States about $219 billion each year from 2014 to 2015. This includes the cost of health services, medicines, and lost productivity due to death. Coronary heart disease is the most common type of heart disease, killing 365,914 people in 2017. About 18.2 million adults ages 20 and older have 
CAD, uh, coronary heart disease. About two in 10 deaths from CAD happen in adults less than 65 years old. This is insane, dude. In the United States, someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. Every year, about 805,000 Americans have a heart attack. Of these, 605 are their first heart attacks. 200,000 happen to be people who have already had a heart attack. One in five heart attacks are silent. The damage is done, but the person is not aware of it. That shit is crazy. So, this is worse numbers than I even thought. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for men and women. One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States of cardiovascular disease. About 655,000 Americans die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. Now, I'm going to get back to the point of this podcast. And I, I'm not trying to downplay like, you know, what's going on in the world when the pandemic and the virus, it's real, it kills people, it's terrible. I hate loss of life. Uh, I hate people being sick. I hate people being unhealthy. Why? This is why I do this for a living. But why don't we talk about this shit like way more? If we, if, if, if a person is dropping in every 36 seconds from heart disease, but we don't, it's not at the forefront of conversations. We don't mention it. It's not on the news every day. They don't share the numbers on a dashboard. They don't talk about it. And this is something that we can work towards fixing and drastically reducing it. I don't think you can probably ever get rid of it. But if 655,000 Americans die from heart disease each year, that means one in every four deaths is this. And if we know a huge cause of it is uh, eating like shit, uh, drinking, smoking, not getting good sleep, not exercising and stressing, why are we not preaching that all day long? Again, I'm not trying to get into soapbox here, you guys, but when you're watching the news and you're listening to things, I'm not saying it's it's fake. I'm not saying don't take it, you know, at face value, but do your own research on other things as well. Because sometimes what people are presenting you is is the truth, but there's a lot of other things going on. So what I'm saying is like if we talked my hope would be is we talked about heart disease killing this many people this quickly, this often, one in every four deaths, every 36 seconds. Maybe just maybe. And then we talked about not just vaccines, which I'm I'm not an anti-vax person. Like, I'm a fan of it. If you, you don't want to get polio, get it. If you got this, get it. Like, whatever the experts say, I'll listen to them, and then I'll ask my own experts, and I make the call from there. I'm all for that stuff. But why are we not saying, hey, maybe we all should exercise? This the first time right now, and, like, and this is like nine months into this shit, I'm finally seeing articles like, hey, exercise uh, helps with the COVID shit. Really? Every fitness person I know is like, thank, thank you. Nine months later, after you've closed this down 14 times, I just, I don't understand like why we're not having that conversation early and often right now. The vaccine stuff's great. I'm super happy to see it. There's multiple coming. That's great. Let's get people in it. Let's, you know, minimize this and let's move forward with, you know, what I would like to say is normal life again. But until then, hey guys, exercise, drink water, sleep, uh, you know, eat right, uh, real food, that girls from the earth, rums, swims, flies, and oh, I don't know, take this $20 a month super cheap ass supplement pack of like C, D, zinc, if you got the money, take the athletic greens, obviously, uh, but we're not saying that, and 
my hope would be is if we talked about heart disease the way that we've talked about the COVID stuff, maybe that would freak people out enough to actually start implementing the, the right changes of eating better and taking the proper supplements and getting sleep and not drinking as much. Does that make sense what I'm saying here? And if we really value life, like we really care, like we're talking about, oh, we value every single life. And I think we should. Why the fuck are we still selling cigarettes? It's insane to me. Okay, sorry, and rant. That has nothing to do with this. I know I've talked about this stuff before. I just, it, it I literally I feel like there needs to be like a thousand people like me screaming this to all their hundreds of thousands and millions of, of people who listen to maybe to break through to everybody else. But I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm losing my mind here. Anyways, we are talking about five reasons why losing weight is a good thing and why being obese and overweight is not a good look and it's not super healthy for you. And, you know, forget for a moment about just looking good, right? Like, forget about, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, like your, your friends who are naturally just skinny, can like eat whatever the fuck they want. Like the, uh, the thin, the thin privilege people, um, or the people who are like naturally bigger, forget about, you know, your, your personal, you know, rights and civil, you know, obligations here, forget about abs and guns and lats and whatever other laundry list of, of nonsense is, is used to describe, you know, various body parts these days in terms of looking sexy. Um, forget about the things that most people chase when we talk about, you know, fat loss and weight loss. Uh, the thigh gap or, you know, uh, the things that just really, they're important to people. I'm not trying to downplay them, but that they're not the biggest thing. So what I'm saying is like, forget about just body image, right? And even if you want to go the other route, like forget for a moment about, you know, just, just disease, right? Where obviously when I share the heart disease stuff, um, these numbers are readily available. I, I Googled it and I found that in, I don't know, 12 seconds. Uh, anybody can find that, but nobody does. There's people who have learned more about uh, a new virus this year, which is immediately so the experts amazing, but I'm talking lay people have Googled more and read more about that yet don't give two shits about heart disease and they are a hundred pounds overweight. It doesn't make any sense. You should Google that too. Like you should care just as much about that. If you're talking statistically speaking, you know, what's, what's dropping the most people. That's what it is. But forget for a minute, all the, the big name, you know, medical scare tactic, excuse me, scare tactics, you know, like the, uh, things where they'll say, Oh, you know, uh, the, uh, arterial plaque, or, you know, you go into cardiac arrest or, you know, uh, pulmonary hypertension or strokes and all the cancers and diabetes and metabolic disease and, and forget, you know, about some of the, you know, randomly chosen biomarkers that'll say my glucose tolerance is good. I'm healthy and fat, or my triglycerides are low. I'm healthy and thin, or my cholesterol is excellent. I'm healthy and jacked. And for a moment, just like let go of all that stuff, right? And most of all, forget about, you know, the kind of healthy at, uh, at any size thing. And I'm not saying be shredded and be ripped. Uh, I think people are amazing at all shapes and sizes. I truly do. If they're healthy, that's where I'm going with this. 
it doesn't matter to me if you are a dude and you're, you know, 280 pounds. If you're like Brock Lesnar, I think you're probably doing okay. Um, most people aren't Brock Lesnar. So you're a dude who's 280 who's probably not fit. If you're a dude who's 250, cool, and you're, you know, DK Metcalf, like, yeah, that probably works. Most people aren't him. If you are a female and you're 180 pounds, you know, but you're, you know, in the CrossFit games, I think that works. I forget, like, what Colleen Fosh told me she weighed when she was here, maybe 170 pounds. Like, and you're the 28th fittest woman in the world. Yeah, that works. But if you're, you know, five foot, 170 pound female, and you haven't exercised in 10 years, and your body fat percentage is 52%, I don't think healthy is at that size. And again, I'm not, don't, don't roast me internet and say, well, Jeremy's trying to fat shame me. That's not what this is. But being obese is not healthy. And yes, obese people have the right to be treated with dignity. Absolutely, certainly. And I think obese people should be supported in their efforts to become more healthy outside of just weight loss. As we all know, health isn't a direct function of your weight. I'm the first person to say that. I'm not a fan of BMI. You can be a ton of weights and be healthy. You can be super light and be healthy. You can be super heavy and be healthy. However, the health at any size movement is, it's going a little bit too far because I think it is, whether it's trying to directly or not, it's suggesting that obesity is harmless and that being obese is not bad for you. And that having a ridiculously high excess amount of body fat is no more consequential than, you know, wearing socks with sandals. And uh, that's simply not true. Uh, it, It contradicts most of the available evidence and science that's out there. So I'm going to touch on here just a handful of reasons of why losing weight is important, not for just, you know, the above mentioned. And so obviously we're all going to die at some point from something. And for most people, the medical scare tactics uh, simply don't come off as scary. Obviously, I just shared a bunch of stats And if you have a friend or family member who is overweight that could maybe benefit from this or they want them to be healthier, obviously, please share it with them. But for a lot of people, sharing the numbers of heart disease, it doesn't do it Um, because a lot of people don't really understand the data or they don't look at it. Uh, It doesn't motivate change for them. Um, and they really don't give a shit and they just think, oh, it's, it's not going to be me. It, it can't happen or, oh, you know, I'll change it someday. And I'm like, we've done podcasts on someday Island and someday really never comes for most people. Now, maybe a part of it is the fault of, of school because there's not enough education around this. I, I, I'll go that route. I think the media sucks shit. So I'm going to put a huge onus on them. Uh, I think a lot of healthcare professionals, um, some of them practice what they preach, but a lot of them don't. So it's hard to take advice from a doctor who's 80 pounds overweight telling you to lose weight. I would still listen to them, obviously, but I understand like you want someone to lead from the front. You want someone to lead by example. It'd be like me being 70 pounds overweight, telling people here not to eat like shit and exercise. They'll be like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Like who wants to listen to that? Nobody. It's like, it's hypocritical. And I think the fitness industry has uh, maybe 
early on done a disservice and a lot of things that sell in fitness, the sexiness of it, you know, take the wrong approach because for a lot of people, when they think about maybe what I do and what the point of this business is and this podcast is and this company is it's all about just like looking great in a certain type of clothes around the beach or at your, you know, high school reunion. And, and while that can all seem inspiring for a minute, it, it's not proven to be sustainable for a way to achieve long-term weight loss and maintenance in life. And that's really not what we sell here. And that might be the sizzle that gets people in here, but that's not the stake of what keeps them. And when you look at the people who are here, obviously everybody here wants to look good. And a lot of them do. And they're in control of that. They, you know, push themselves in the workouts or they don't. They do the mobility or they don't. They eat right or they don't. They drink the booze or they pass it. But they're doing it for multiple other reasons. And maybe the reason they came in here was because they met, they had met a friend here or they saw me on some men's health, you know, DVDs or in a magazine or some random shirtless bullshit video we shot that stopped them from scrolling. Then they clicked it, listened to it. And then they said, Hey, this guy isn't full of shit. Let's come here and actually like be fit and healthy because it's not about that here. Like it's so much more than just the vanity part of it. Yes. We give that to people for sure, but that's not what keeps them here. And that's not the main reason people show up every single day. It's not just to look good. And so there is five good reasons for losing weight in In the end, you know, the most popular incentives, right? Like the scary disease stats, the the fitness industry vanity tips, they aren't very effective, useful, or scientifically valid ways to promote weight loss. And I think that's a huge missed opportunity because there are much better reasons to lose weight, more pressing, more evidence-based, and more quality of life focused reasons. And sadly, that they're not talked about often in the the public debates because it's not sexy. And uh, when I say public debates, you know, uh, I I do think there is scientists and doctors that that talk about them um, from time to time, um, where they're well established in research, but those things oftentimes don't make it to the public because they're not super sexy. And so the good doctors and the good scientists for surely do. uh, There's just not enough of them. Uh, pushing that as the major agenda. And that was me my hope here is that, you know, maybe people start to dig a little bit deeper because of this season of life uh, to be healthier and to lose the excess weight. And there's typically two types of people that uh, entered this, uh, you know, season of life. And then there's the people that, that exited it. And one group basically said, I'm going to become as healthy as I can. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to drink more water, get more sleep. I'm going to, I'm going to train. I'm going to take the proper supplements. I'm going to learn about my immune system and my body. And I'm going to treat it like it's my, you know, best defense, you know, versus any shit that comes my way, which is the truth. And then there's the other group of people who didn't exercise and are less active and are moving less, and are drinking more, and eating more shit, and are becoming more depressed, and becoming more shut in, and are gaining weight, and becoming more unhealthy by the day. And it's sad to see. The cool thing is, is you do have control, and you can turn that around, but uh, there's not a lot of people in the middle. Most people kind of went one or two forks in the road, and the cool thing is, is you can change it today if you want to. And trust me, dude, I know it's tough. Um, 
I'm from Minnesota, obviously. Uh, my mom is uh, just moving. They're actually driving here right now. I think they're like on day two of their road trip from uh, Michigan, where she was living, to move to Arizona full time. And I feel for you guys who are like in Minnesota where it's freezing cold, uh, it's dark, and your gyms are closed down because your governors think that that's the smartest thing to do, uh, which I clearly don't agree with uh, at all. And if you're in Michigan, it's the same thing. It's gray, it's dark, it's probably dark when you wake up uh, and go to work if you're going anywhere. And it's dark when you come home, even if you're going anywhere. And it's freezing in between. And your gyms are closed, too. And I think that sucks, man. And it's really tough. You're, you're fighting an uphill battle. I don't have an answer for you other than to pack up your car and move to, you know, a place where it's warm. And it's like they let you do some normal people shit. Because I just don't see a world where it makes any sense that you're going to take away people's outlet to reduce stress and be active and sweat and move in a supportive environment that has clearly been shown that it can do it safely and effectively yet you'll let people run rampant in fucking walmart like it's just a bunch of ridiculous stuff so i do feel for you guys who are stuck in those places right now because it's uh it's tough when you're not in an environment that's conducive to being healthy and that's one of my biggest fears of all this is that you've just put people back so far and you've deterred a lot of people from going to exercise from joining a program from getting a coach and a trainer and being somewhere and yeah there's a lot of people who can train at home i work with hundreds of people online every single month and we've done that for a long time but those are at home workout people some people can adapt and change some people are gym workout people i'm one of those i'm not going to train at my house i've never once worked out in my living room never I'll never do it. I think it's fucking terrible. That's me. I don't want to do it in my garage. I don't want to do it in my backyard. That's why I bought this building so I can come here and I can do this. Selfishly, it's my own, you know, super dope gym man cave because I like people. But I feel for you guys out there who are on this weight loss, fat loss journey. But at least right now, you got to do the best you can with what you got. And even if that's just, you know, walking around your house for 10,000 steps and doing a hundred bodyweight squats, doing a hundred pushups, doing some jumping jacks, mountain climbers, whatever it is, you got to do something. You just can't, you know, you can't get deeper down the rabbit hole of this because it's every, you know, five, 10 pounds you put on, it's just, it's that much harder to dig out of the hole. So uh, with that, I'm going to touch on these five reasons quick and I'll get you guys out of here. Uh, but reason five of why dropping the weight is, uh, is a good idea. Your knees and elbows are going to thank you. Um, osteoarthritis is a degenerative joint disease in which you lose cartilage and it gradually destroys the bones of your joints. Not good. So imagine, you know, two rocks grinding together and you get the idea of how fun that sounds. And that would be like your knees grinding uh, together or your elbows doesn't sound super cool, right? And in my experience, healthy people um, don't think much of the uh, osteoarthritis because uh, it's not common, you know? Aging uh, makes it more likely. Everyone's grandma, you know, probably has a, a twinge of arthritis. And, and, and we think, uh, you know, so we think, hey, it's normal, right? And, and this hides the degree to which it's... Uh, you know, very unpleasant and debilitating. 
So like most chronic illnesses, the uh, osteoarthritis is a, a vicious cycle, if you will. Your joints hurt, so you move less. Moving less means your joints don't get loaded. Less joint loading means muscle weakness. Muscle weakness means force doesn't get cushioned correctly. Less cushion means the condition worsens. More osteoarthritis means more pain. And onwards, the circle continues, continues, continues. The point, obesity makes it much more likely that you'll get osteoarthritis. In one study comparing the heaviest patients to the lightest, the chance of being diagnosed with osteoarthritis in one knee was more than six times in the heavy group. For both knees, it was almost 18 times. Naturally, other studies over the past 20 years have investigated the same relationship. Some estimates are higher and some are lower, but the association between body fat and arthritis has been replicated several times. The reason this happens is complicated. It isn't just that heavier people put more weight on the joints and that those joints then degrade over time. It's also that there's some relationship between the presence of excess fat tissue and inflammation, which is not ideal. So the arthritis probably comes from a combination of excess joint loading plus inflammation in this chemical and kind of hormonal environment um, of having too much body fat, which is creating it. And so the bottom line is an important reason to drop the excess weight is to reduce joint pain and improve your movement. These are things that you can benefit from almost immediately in your life. Imagine if you could just drop 30 pounds of dog shit you're carrying around. How much easier is it to do everything? Now, we do stuff here with like a load of weight vest, and I have a hyper vest, and I think it's the best vest in the market. It's like second skin almost. And when even doing push-ups, which are relatively easy for me to do, you know, for me to do uh, 30 push-ups isn't really difficult at all. I just bang out 30, and I, I keep it moving. With that weight vest on, man, it gets tough. Uh, same thing with pull-ups. To do... 10 pull-ups for me, super easy. Uh, with that weight vest, it gets rough. Doing jumping jacks with it is terrible. Jogging with it or running like 300 yards with it is insane. So the point being is I couldn't imagine having an extra 30, 40, 50 pounds hanging on me that was not dispersed evenly or properly. Number four, you get a good night's sleep. Think of what happens when a rock slide blocks a tunnel. That, my friends, is sleep apnea. The upper airway collapses while you sleep, cutting off oxygen to the tunnel. So just so you know, sleep apnea is more than just snoring. Sleep apnea means you stop breathing over and over and over as you sleep, which is bad, my friends. That is not good. Uh, more body fat means more potential for sleep apnea. This comes from a few factors. One. Fat in your airways narrows the space that's available. This makes your airway more prone to collapsing. Fat in your upper body puts weight on your lungs and reduces the space available to them. You need more oxygen, but you can't get it. And fat, a hormone-producing organ, changes the hormonal signals. This rewires your respiratory systems. 
So as you can see, if you can't sleep good, you can't recover good. You're not going to be as lean and as healthy and as energetic as you could be if you got a decent night's sleep. While around 25% of adults have sleep apnea, 50% of obese adults have it. Double. Even more scary, if you have mild sleep apnea and you put on weight, the chances of you graduating to moderate or severe sleep apnea are pretty big. 5% weight gain equals a 250% increase of severe sleep apnea. That's just a 5% increase in weight. If you have a 10% weight increase, you have a 650% increase of severe sleep apnea. And if you have a 20% weight gain, you have a 3,700% increase of severe sleep apnea. That is insane to me. And it's the scariest for children. 46% of obese children have sleep apnea, while the typical incident in children is approximately 3%. So why is sleep apnea so bad? Sleep, obviously, is a major regulator of your metabolism. If our sleep is bad, so is our metabolic health. This means things like elevated inflammation, rapid cell aging, oxidation, and hormonal disruption, yes, higher risk for all kinds of nasty chronic diseases in the long term can result from your terrible sleep apnea. The bottom line, my friends, it's important to lose the garbage weight so you can sleep better. Not only does this help you regulate metabolism, hormone systems, and more, it helps you feel, think, and live a better life every single day. Reason three, you'll actually start to taste your food. Now, this one was new to me. I did not know this. And it might sound weird, but it seems that people who struggle with their weight don't taste their food as well. People who often eat more food can't taste their food well? What? Uh, apparently so. And why is this? I don't think they're exactly sure um, whether it's the excess body fat changes the taste or whether your taste changes your appetite and causes the weight gain. But they don't know whether it's an issue of, you know, wanting tastes or kind of like the seeking and craving rewards to taste in the brain or liking tastes, like actually enjoying tastes, or chemical signaling, how taste is created in the mouth and then interpreted by the brain. But here's what they do know. People vary in how well and sensitive they can perceive different flavors, textures, such as like say fattiness and sweetness. And one hypothesis is that if we can't taste as well, we eat more food to compensate, which is kind of crazy. On the flip side, People with high BMI seem to avoid bitter foods more and have stronger disgust response. As it happens, many vegetables are bitter or stringent. Think of kale, Brussels sprouts, green peppers, things like that. So there seems to be a relationship between excess body fat, wanting and liking fat, sweet, pleasant tastes, eating fat, sweet foods, and avoiding unpleasant tastes. And so... How might this happen? So there's some animal models that are handy, and since they can control their food intake, they don't seem to care uh, as much about food advertising. Go figure. They don't give a shit about Doritos commercials. So in animal models, overfeeding obesity-prone mice changes how their taste cells function, 
rats with obesity-related changes in fat sugar reward can at least somewhat reverse those changes with weight loss. Rats given weight loss surgery, yes, that is a real thing, which is fucking crazy as well, appear to go back to their normal liking, wanting behaviors. So to put it simply, what this could mean is many people with excess body fat also have altered flavor perception. The flavor perception could predate gaining fat, or the flavor perception could be caused by gaining fat, or both. The only observation I'll add is that foods we consider to be the most you know, reasonable uh, for obesity just happen to pander directly to the dysfunction by having aggressively oversweet, oversalty, overfat flavor profiles. We eat and eat and eat them, but we never really seem to be satisfied. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like how you can eat a cinnamon roll and you want another and another and another. Same thing with french fries, potato chips, you, you get the drift. The good news is, is that both humans and rats, their tastes are changeable. That means that losing fat, getting fit, and consistently building healthy habits can actually change how we perceive flavors in a good way. So one day, my friends, you just might find that you like Brussels sprouts after all. I know I do, and I used to think they were terrible. So more importantly, uh, when you truly enjoy food, uh, you eat less, but you feel much more satisfied. And I mean like the healthy stuff. Obviously, if it's pizza, or it's a whole different ballgame altogether. So bottom line, you guys, uh, obese people have altered taste perceptions, leading to eating more and more of the wrong foods. By losing weight, you'll end up, I guess, craving less high sugar, high fat foods, and you might even enjoy a couple of vegetables. At least it's been the case for me. Number two, and this one, probably one of the most important. Your immune system will actually work properly, again, if you drop the weight. We tend to think of body fat like uh, an ATM, right? A place where we deposit or withdraw energy. Um, but it's not that. Instead, fat is an active endocrine organ. That means it secretes hormones and cytokines. These are the cell signaling molecules. And now these hormones and the cytokines have effects throughout the body. They talk to one another chemically, if you will. And so like all things, balance is important. If we have a healthy amount of fat, our hormones and cells, they signal to work properly. If we have too much, things go wrong. For example, if you have too much body fat, your immune system kind of gets off kilter. And there is tons and tons of evidence um, to support this. And so let's keep it simple, right? Increased BMI and more body fat is associated with a greater risk for several kinds of infections, including gum infections, nose and sinus infections, stomach infections, and herpes. Thankfully, the mouth kind, not the kind on your balls. So, or your vagina, whatever you're, whatever you're walking around with. Um, but that's crazy, right? So, and why is this? So why does this happen? Too much adipose fat tissue can release large amounts of immune chemicals. Over time, this chronic high exposure can interfere with the body's ability to stop and spot actual outside infections. So the bottom line is losing body fat can mean a healthier, more responsive, more robust immune system. And that means fewer colds, fewer infections, and a healthier daily life. I don't see 
how we're not just jamming this shit down people's throats right now. If you know you got a bunch of extra garbage weight to lose, we should be pushing this stuff with all the other information. I'm not taking away from what the world has been sharing all the time, but we've learned all this other other terminology, but we don't learn any of this stuff. It is criminal and it makes zero fucking sense. And the only thing I can think is just there's not enough money in it. And that's why people aren't talking about it enough. And I hate to be that guy, but I'm old enough to know that the world, it, it's so money driven, man. It just really is. And if you want to know the truth about a lot of things in life, you just, you follow the money. You really do. There is good, honest, hardworking people out there who are doing stuff for the right reasons. But man, a lot of it is just, you got to follow the money. And it's, uh, it's sad to say, but last point, reason, uh, number five or reason number one, however you're looking at this to lose the excess garbage weight, you'll survive surgery and childbirth a whole hell of a lot better. People with a lot of body fat are harder to intubate, have a higher risk of popping open again after like a, like a hernia post, like a laris, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Like a laparoscopic surgery, right? Is that where they like in, inc- incision you, like cut you open, do that? Uh, I'm not a medical person. I'm just an idiot uh, in a warehouse. Uh, but that's the case. People who have a lot of body fat typically have a longer operation time. They have a higher risk of catheter site infection. They have a higher rate of... Uh, serious post uh, operative complications and surgery is I would consider risky business for people who are obese we have about 15 physicians who come here um, from ER doctors to ENTs to anesthesiologists and they all kind of share the same thing with me and it's a double whammy because people who struggle with obesity also struggle with more health issues uh, that may require more surgeries so it's you know I don't know how you say this, like, you know, how the rich get richer. This is like the poor get poorer. You know, it's like a domino of shitty things going on again, again, and again. So obese people, you know, who need surgery, um, but might not be able to get it or recover as well when they do get it. And that's the thing, like you're, you've heard that before. Well, so-and-so is, you know, they're, they're too big to have the surgery. They won't survive it. So you might need it, but you might not be able to get it. And even if you can do it, it's risky and you might die or you might not recover from it, which is not ideal, you guys. Um, They go on a list here. Pregnancy is a good example of this. Women uh, who are significantly obese are about uh, 50% of them must undergo cesarean uh, sections compared to only about 20% of the general population. Even if they give birth vaginally, obese women uh, may have to have a lot uh, more instruments and medical procedures involved. After surgery, mothers with obesity may end up with more uh, surgical site infections. This is aside from the other pregnancy complications, which also go up significantly as the body fat increases. I've heard this before from the OBGYNs that have been here. Um, Obviously, every surgery patient, you know, wants a safe and speedy recovery, and every mother 
I would imagine wants a safe birth and a thriving young bouncy baby, but having a healthy range of body fat, uh, makes those outcomes much more likely than if you are 90 pounds overweight, you know, trying to have a kid. So these are basic things you can focus on. It's really simple stuff. These are all things we know, like we understand like why we should not be carrying around a bunch of extra garbage weight and I'm probably not sharing a lot of stuff you guys didn't know other than maybe some potential benefits of doing it. And I'm not trying to throw scare tactics out here and do other things because clearly they don't work or selling people on just being, you know, shredded and looking good in a swimsuit uh, isn't going to do it. But maybe one of these five things listed uh, is something that will prompt you to do it just so you can, you know, be around a lot longer. And, you know, I've said this before. And I'll say it one more time before I let you guys go. Even if this life didn't prolong my existence on the planet for another day, even if all the things I've done, all the healthy food I've eaten, all the athletic greens I drink, all the workouts I've done, all the mobility, all the nights I've went to sleep early and got massages and all the things I've done to take care of myself up to this point to build this machine and this vehicle if it didn't prolong my life for a day, which I already believe it has, because I don't think I would still be here talking today if I hadn't changed my life. I honestly believe you guys, I would be dead either, you know, by my body would have broken down to enough the point where I would have been so depressed. I probably would have fucking killed myself or something. I don't know. I don't think I would be here. And if I was, I'd be hanging on by a thread at this point. So with that said, even if all the things I've done at this point didn't prolong my life for a day, the quality of the days that I've been here have been drastically improved by the things that I've done. The way that I feel every day, the way that I move, the things my body can still do, how strong I am, how flexible, how mobile, how I look, all of those things are a byproduct of all the things that I've done. And that, my friends, has been worth it alone to not, you know, be 60 pounds overweight, putting stress on every single system in the body. I'm just trying, life is hard enough as it is. I think if, if 2020 has taught you anything, life is hard enough as it is, my friends, life is going to kick you in the nuts and punch you in the face regardless. And we're all going to have problems. You're always going to have stress. You're always going to have shit that goes wrong. That's just life. None of us is escaping it alive. And none of us is getting rid of all stress and worry and anxiety. It's just always going to be around. But I can say to you this. It is easier to deal with that when you're in a body that is at a healthy weight, that is strong, that is mobile, that feels good, and that you are confident walking around in. I can promise you that. I used to joke all the time when I had one corporate job, we would sit and in, in, in chat there and they would ask me, you know, why am I eating this way and training this way? And, you know, obviously some of it's vanity driven and my goals was to do a lot of the things I'm doing today. But really, I would say, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to have problems either way. I'm going to have, you know, bills and traffic and stress and people are going to die and things are going to go wrong in my life and I'll be sad and this I go, but it's a whole hell of a lot easier to deal with those problems stuck in this body than stuck in some bag of shit that I hate, you know, and uh, for what it's worth, I mean, 
it's it's the truth it's it's the most simplistic version of it if you if you feel good and you can move good you got a pretty good life i don't know that many people who are truly healthy and i don't just mean like you know have six pack abs cuz that's not what this is about i mean people who are healthy like physically they feel good they have a good body image you know mentally they're healthy those people aren't depressed they're not sad they don't hate life they tend to kind of enjoy life and they appreciate it for the gift that it is because when you're stuck in a vehicle that is not functioning properly, that is dragging you down, that is just not in a good health space, everything else is kind of soured and, and everything else isn't as sweet. The winds aren't as great. And it, it's tough to take, you know, it's tough to really appreciate all life has to offer and all the joy there is when you're stuck in a machine that has 90 pounds of garbage weight you got to get rid of. So hopefully... Uh, this helps some of you guys, just five significant reasons, you know, to lose the weight or just to be fit and be healthy and really take care of your body and treat it like it's the only place you have to live because newsflash, it is the only fucking place you have to live. And so just, you know, you don't got to obsess about it. You don't got to, you know, worry about the vanity metrics, but you got to do the things that you need to do to be healthy and feel the way you need to feel every single day. So, Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I appreciate you. A ton of podcasts coming the rest of this month. We're going to go berserk here and give you guys a ton of things coming down the pipe. So any requests, questions, obviously send them. We're bringing a bunch of guests back on because it's it's going to be that time, man. We're moving through this shit one way or the other. And a reminder, this podcast brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. If you guys want the 20 free travel packs, hit me up. Or if you want Monica to send one right to your front door, Happy to do that. Same thing with my Beam CBD. We can send you a packet of the Dream to try to help you guys get a better quality sleep. Or if you want 20% off any of the Beam products, the tincture, the balms for anxiety, inflammation, better sleep, hit me up. I'm happy to share those two discount codes with you. And thank those guys for being sponsors, longtime sponsors of the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you. And if you guys are not subscribed to the YouTube page, make sure you do that. We are loading all of our Instagram stuff on there, a lot of the Sunday Metcons, doing a couple other chats, as well as most of the podcasts. So you can watch me ramble on there as well. So I appreciate you guys. Have an amazing rest of your Tuesday. And uh, until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, Keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.